Hello and welcome to the She Reads Truth Podcast, where we open our Bibles and talk about the beauty, goodness, and truth we find there. I'm your host, Rachel Myers. And I'm your other host, Amanda Bible Williams. And today we have with us Kelly Minter. Have we got a deal for you for the next two weeks? This is a twofer. Kelly is going to be joining us. She just finished writing a book about the life of Joseph. So we are going to have Kelly with us this week and next to talk about Joseph's life, unpack the last two weeks of the Genesis study. Y'all are going to love this. Let's go. All right, Kelly, this week at She Reads Truth, we are reading as a community Genesis chapters 29 through 38. It is a big chunk of scripture. It is, but it's good narrative. It's so inviting and exciting. And there's so many great characters and you really have so much of Jacob. Yeah. That whole, I mean, it kind of transfers a little bit at the end and it's going to start focusing on Joseph at the end of that. But you really have Jacob's story with Rachel and Leah and all of their struggles and then the conflict between him and his uncle Laban, mm-hmm. and then the fleeing, and then he's got to get back in touch with his brother Esau, who he had deceived. And so, I mean, it is like a feast of relationships and also God's covenant promise that continues to govern the whole craziness, which yes, I think yes. that's what gets so exciting. It makes reading to that me. big swath of scripture really easy almost. I it's hesitate, not boring. It, but not it is boring. like an epic novel. It's mm-hmm. very interesting to have narrative. I do think that, so uh, it's not boring. It's not not confusing. Like sometimes it's their head scratching moments where yes. you're like, what is happening here? But it is interesting and captivating and it does feel like you're watching it's like a mini series. It is a little bit. And yeah. I I mean really you're covering some of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible. I think Jacob and Rachel and Leah's story, especially you get to the end mm-hmm. of ch- chapter 29 and into 30. Yeah. And it has been a life-changing passage for me in fact that that end of 29 into 30 really truly and it's, this is not an exaggeration, it really changed my life about 13 years ago because I realized that all Leah wanted was the love of Jacob. Yeah. That was mm-hmm. all she wanted for she for survival, for hope, for worth in this world. That was her focus. And all Rachel wanted were children. Mm-hmm. And that was her mm-hmm. reason for life and for getting up in the morning. But both of them had what the other one thought you needed for life. Yeah. But obviously that wasn't enough because the children, that wasn't enough for Leah. And yeah. Jacob wasn't enough for Rachel. And both were left jealous, envious, empty, angry, Yeah, you know, give me children or I will die is what Rachel says. I mean, that's pretty strong, strong language. It is very intense. And, and it ends up being like a foreshadowing because in having, in giving birth, she dies. Exactly. Which is so interesting, which you wonder, was it a grace of the Lord that he had stayed her womb anyway at, at that point just to extend her life. But what changed my life about all of that was I realized that we can live our whole life thinking that someone or something is going to fulfill us. And that was the life changer for me because I realized that they had both put their hope in a person. And in both situations, that person, whether it be Jacob or the children, it failed to provide for them. And yet at the same time, what does it say? It says the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, like the Lord was involved. And then the Lord took away Rachel's disgrace. Yeah. Yeah. So he was so involved in their lives, but they were continually looking on this horizontal plane for fulfillment. And yet God was moving and it was as if they just didn't have eyes to see it. Yeah. Well, you just said something interesting earlier that, um, that God was governing what was happening. And so I think that 
you know, we talk about God's sovereignty and, you know, that he, that God is ultimately in control, Mm -hmm. but then we struggle, you know, that's a lofty concept. And then in our everyday lives, something like that, like I really long for a husband, I mean, I like I have a husband, but you know, you really long for something that you don't have or relief from Mm -hmm. something. And so what, but to know that God is governing even our unmet longings yes. is a comfort yes. and also hard. Yes, it is. And, you know, you touched on it. I mean, I don't have a husband or children, so right. I'm without both of these. Right. And yet what I think makes the difference in both of their stories and actually in all of the stories that you're going to kind of see going through and that we're seeing in Genesis is that the Lord is with us. He is for us. He has a plan for us. And even Leah, Leah never got Jacob. Mm-hmm. She never had Jacob. Yeah. I, I mean, Jacob chose Rachel till the bitter end. Mm-hmm. And yet it says that the Lord opened Leah's womb when he saw that she was not loved. And at first you go, well, Lord, why didn't you just make Jacob love her? Because yeah. that was her problem. Why, why did you yeah. open her womb? But then you realize, oh, he opened up her womb to give her Judah, Yeah. You know, it's not Rachel who ends up having the tribe that Jesus comes through. It comes through Judah and Leah gave birth to Judah. So even though Jacob never chose Leah, God had chosen God chose Leah. Yes. And even though Rachel was so angry and couldn't have children, you know, Rachel, you bring up such a fantastic point that it is a few chapters later that childbirth ends up taking her life. And so it was God's mercy, I think, that was just giving her time. And then what does she say? She has Joseph and she's holding him in her arms. And she says, the Lord has taken away my disgrace. So the Lord had opened her womb and you, but you're scratching your head. Cause you go, well, wait a minute. I thought you took your own disgrace away because you know, you got the maidservant and you said, I've had these children and I've won and all of this. And, mm-hmm. but it took the Lord's intervention. And I think that to get back to your question, Amanda, that when we see God moving in our lives and when we see him and our focus is on him and we see him active in our lives. That's what gives me the fulfillment and the mm-hmm. peace, even in the gaps, right. you know, even in the longing, because these were legitimate pain points and they were long time in coming. I mean, Leah had to live her whole life, not chosen by the one that she desperately wanted to mm-hmm. love her. And Rachel had to live for a long time. And both of without them, children. and both of them, I should say neither of them got to see what was at hand, what yes. was actually at hand. Leah didn't get to see what would come from the tribe of Judah. Right. And Rachel didn't get to see what would come of Joseph, Joseph or yes. even really barely got to see Benjamin. It says uh, like, as she was dying, they said, congratulations, right. it's a boy. Yes. And her, and her soul uh, left her. Right. Uh, but neither of them got to see that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and yet, and yet God was clearly, they clearly knew though that God was working in their yeah. lives and some of it, yes, they did not get to see the end result. Absolutely. But sometimes I think they missed seeing do any of us. what he was doing. Right. Well, and that's what's so exciting, especially as you guys are making, you know, as we're making our way through Genesis, we really have to always go back to Genesis 12, yeah. where God makes that covenant with Abraham. Yes, yes. So you've got Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. So as crazy and psycho as the story gets, <laughs> and, is, and, it is. and it is, God had made a covenant. And that promise was not going to be shaken, no matter yeah. all the crazy. And I think that that also 
has given me a lot of comfort because mm-hmm. this is a very real, honest story. It's also interesting to me, these folks had the benefit of Genesis 12, not in text, but in, yes. in, in passed knowledge. down, in knowledge. Sure. And so they knew that God had made a covenant with mm-hmm. their father, Abraham, mm-hmm. but they did not have the benefit of, let's say, the Pentateuch, the Old Testament. They did not have... This the, is before the written law. You yes. and I and Amanda, we have the benefit of reading the full story uh-huh. um, and going, well, this is how the Lord, like his hand uh-huh. was at work. And these men were faithful. They were unfaithful. They were all the things as the Lord carried out his work and his covenant. Mm-hmm. But we have this really cool benefit of actually seeing how faithful God is and was. Yes, absolutely. And we can see how he worked it out in the most unbelievable, miraculous way. And yet we're as close as they were to that covenant that God made with Abraham. When uh, Jacob ends up fleeing from Laban and he takes his wives and everything, Rachel shoves false gods, like little idols into her bag. And then sits on them. (laughs) Sits on them. Yeah. And you're like, Rachel, God took away your disgrace. God created a miracle. He gave you Joseph. And yet you're like going to grab the false gods on the way out. And and yet it's so indicative of what we do. It's so relatable. It's so, so relatable. I'm like, <laughs> I wish it weren't. Yeah. And I mean, it may not be that obvious, but it's the things that we fall back on. It's yes. the, you know, the entertainment or the vacation or the house or the whatever. Yeah. If it's not, you know, I, I think those examples of of singleness or childlessness for people who long to be married or have children or both are sort of a, a you know, a go-to examples. And so I'm thankful that the Lord gives those to us in scripture, but you used the word gap earlier, fill the mm-hmm. gaps. And like, we all have gaps. Mm-hmm. And if those aren't our gaps, there's, it's something else. Yes. And it's that, that we, it's just misplaced longing for the mm-hmm. Lord. And, mm-hmm. and we will focus, you know, we all have those idols that mm-hmm. we grab even on the way out the door, even when yes. we're like, we all do. I mean, I do. Uh-huh. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that, that's why I said this has changed my life because yes. it, that is such a life message for me is that those idols of whatever it might be, even good things, because it was yes. good that Jacob should love her. It was good that Rachel would desire children. Mm-hmm. Those weren't even bad things. It, it's good, but it had taken the place of God and it was the driving force. And you see too, I think it's fascinating, Leah she has three children, then she has Judah, and she says, this time, yeah. I will praise, I will the, praise Lord, the Lord, right? But you see before that, there's she has a child and says, surely my, my husband will love me now. Then she has another child. Maybe now my husband will become attached to me. So she's lowered her expectation of he's going to love me. Oh, now maybe we can just be codependent, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then several children later, she says, now maybe he will treat me with some respect or mm-hmm. some honor. Gosh. And look what our false gods do. They promise this incredible blessing or gift or whatever. And then we just have to keep lowering our expectations year after year after year. And you see that after all these children, she's still in bondage, but there's this one moment that I think she gets it when she has Judah and she goes, okay, this time I'm going to praise the Lord and I'm going to stop having children. But then as soon as she sees Rachel having children Mm -hmm. through the maidservant, all of a sudden she kicks back up again because Mm -hmm. now it's like keeping up with the, the Joneses, if you will. And so I just, I don't know this story end of 29 and 30, 
is absolutely captivating. And it's such a conviction to me because I'm like, Lord, help me see what you are doing in my life right now. Yeah. Even though I can't see that always the end from the beginning. Kelly, so you said a minute ago, actually twice, you said reading these two chapters changed your life several years ago. Uh Can you talk to us more about that? Like what did, how, how did it change your life? Well, so I had moved to Nashville. I had a record deal with word records back in the day. And I was coming to Nashville. If and you do not know, Kelly is a very talented musician. Well, no. Well, I'm about to tell you that it wasn't, not everybody thought so. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, had, I had signed this record deal and then they got bought out by Time Warner and I was dropped. And then I went over to another company and then they went bankrupt. And then I, it just, it was one disaster. I, there's somebody I had to work with that got thrown in jail and it was like, oh, oh my goodness, you know? And Losing all of that and then also just some really hard relationships that mm-hmm. that um, I lost in that season. I was dealing with some anxiety. I was dealing with depression. I It was financially really a struggle. And here I was in this town, and I just felt like a failure in every single area, just a struggle. And I remember being in a hotel room. I think I was leading worship at a church in South Florida, and I started reading about Jacob. And, and it's not like I hadn't read the story before, but I just started reading Jacob's story. Yeah. And I got to the Rachel and Leah part, and all of a sudden I realized I'm both of these women. I'm looking for a career path. I'm looking for whether it's the financial or the respect that I'm supposed to get or the, the dream, the just everything that was caught up in that. That's what I was looking to the for joy and happiness, the personal fulfillment. And, and I realized that I found myself in both of these places. And then what was coming out of them was the, the anger and the jealousy and the fighting and the envy and the, okay, you got the mandrake plants. Now I need those because that's going to help fertility. And you know, you're taking my husband. Okay, well then I want this. And it was all of that, like not Holy Spirit filled. And yet I got to the end of their story and I thought, Lord, what's a takeaway here? Not that the Old Testament is for our takeaway necessarily, but I, but I did, I was like, Lord, what can I learn from your word? Yeah. What's, what is this about? You know? And then all of a sudden I realized that, oh, God had them because there's not a lot else written, but then you realize what their heritage was and there, and you see Joseph and you see Mm -hmm. Judah Mm -hmm. and both of those, you know, have played an incredible role in Israel's survival. And then also obviously all of redemption and Jesus Christ, the whole story. Mm -hmm. And I realized, Oh God had them and he had a plan for them, but they were missing it. And I felt like in that moment in that hotel room, the Lord just saying, see what I'm doing, be faithful. And basically I have you and you, but Mm -hmm. you, but you're going to have to walk in that. You're gonna have to walk that out. Mm -hmm. And it was very, very humbling. And it's been, very humbling that whole season. It was like seven years of just a lot of like, what am I doing here in town? It was so funny because people would see me in Nashville years after I'd moved and they're like, oh, you still live here? Oh, we didn't even know you (laughs) still live here. Sort of like, I mean, it was just like, people didn't even know I still, you know, was on planet earth. It was terrible, but here we are. So, but to see, using the word that you used to see that the Lord was governing their lives and to sort of surrender to the Lord to say, govern my life. Yes. And let me live in the peace of it because I really do think that their lives, both of them would have been so different if they had embraced what revelation they did have. Cause Mm -hmm. you're right. Mm -hmm. Leah didn't know that Jesus Christ was coming through her, through her lineage. Yes. And Rachel could not have possibly known what was going to happen with Joseph. 
but they did know enough to say, whoa, the Lord has taken away my disgrace or whoa, mm-hmm. the Lord has opened my womb and I will praise yeah. him. There was a lot of revelation there that I think that they did have. And it's the same with us. We have yeah. way more, like you said, Rachel, so much more revelation. Yeah. And yet how often do we... They didn't have, they didn't have the book of Esther. They didn't right. have first and second Kings. Yes. They didn't have Jonah. Like yeah. all of this. And this is just like, Old Testament alone, what we have that gives us this full picture. They didn't have Leviticus. They didn't have, they just didn't have anything. Right. And what we have that paints this full, intentional, complete picture Uh of God's character and his, and his sovereignty and his plan and his governance. Yes. That his covenant he will keep Mm -hmm. in the way that he will keep it. Mm -hmm. We have such a privilege, Mm -hmm. honestly, to have Mm -hmm. that. And so when we do look at, Rachel and Leah, we don't look at them in judgment. We look at oh, them. Oh, goodness, right. No. Right. No, mm-hmm. we just look at them and we think, okay. Mm-hmm. And, and the Lord was kind to them. Yes. And ministered to them. Yeah. Anyway, and I love that God has taken away my disgrace. And, mm-hmm. you know, Luke, Luke chapter one, I think it's verse 25, where Elizabeth yeah. gives birth to John the Baptist. And what does she say? God has taken away my disgrace. Yeah. And the, Luke wants you to remember, oh. Genesis chapter 30, God is still at work. He's still taking away our disgrace. It's one of my favorite, because I had so much shame from not just being here and feeling like just a major failure on so many levels and so many other people succeeding in profound ways around me, but shame from other things as well. And I, I, I just sensed as reading this chapter that the Lord is like so in the business yeah. of removing disgrace and of and of of giving us the desires of our and heart and satisfying our longings yes. satisfying our longings yeah, yes I, I love hearing you talk about this story because i think like i can see in your eyes as you're talking and in the way that you speak that your love for scripture mm-hmm. and this is mm-hmm. why i see in you what mm-hmm. Rachel and i feel and what drives us in the work that we do at mm-hmm. She Reads Truth, that this is why we're so passionate about returning to yes. God's word every day. Yes. Because we have it. We have the mm-hmm. privilege and mm-hmm. we believe that we are to mm-hmm. be, we are supposed to read it, mm-hmm. not just on Sundays, not just in Bible studies, but every day in our everyday life, right where we are. But, um, and to get that perspective of like, what, what is God doing? What has he done? What is he doing? What will he do? But also just those gaps that we all feel. And because if we don't turn to the Lord, I almost said religiously, but I guess that's the appropriate (laughs) use of the word. Uh But if we don't turn to the Lord relentlessly, um, we will turn somewhere else. Oh, absolutely. And we were, Mm -hmm. I was looking in our um, study book for Genesis and one of the uh, supplemental scriptures that we have for the Jacob deceived today. So Mm. this is day 22 of week four. It's Psalm 63. And we've, you know, you've probably heard this Psalm, most of us, but through the lens of this conversation that we're having, verses one through four, this is the CSB translation. God, you are my God. I eagerly seek you. I thirst for you. My body faints for you Mm -hmm. in a land that is dry, desolate, and without water. So I gaze on you in the sanctuary to see your strength and your Mm -hmm. glory. Mm -hmm. My lips will glorify you because your faithful love is better than life. So I will bless you as long as I live. At your name, I will lift up my hands. And that is... The psalmist is is rightfully placing his longing and his desire 
for the Lord yes. and on the Lord mm-hmm. and putting, you know, speaking back to God, like your faithful love is going to satisfy me. Yes. You have shown that to be true. You have promised me. Mm-hmm. And so I am bringing myself to you again and saying, you are the one that I faint for. Because even this language, it reminds me of Rachel and Leah. You know, I thirst for you. My body faints for you. Like there's a desperation in these words. Yes. Like I am desperate to be filled. Right. Lord, fill me. Yes. And it didn't, the, what they were longing for could not satisfy. Right. I mean, Leah wanted Jacob and Jacob wasn't enough for Rachel and, and the mm-hmm. children vice versa. And it's the same story, no matter our idol. Exactly. It's the exact same. Whatever the idols are that we're grabbing and putting in our pocket as we run out the door, yes. like it's the same story. And that that's why only I'm so the ex- Lord. Yes, and why I love what she reads truth is doing because it is the same story, and the human heart is the yeah. same. And and this changes our life, and mm-hmm. it really does. I mean, that just that text totally changed my life. And then of course, after that, you know, he leaves and then he's got to wrestle with the Lord and there's just, there's so much. Oh, the wrestling with the Lord. Yeah. Do not let me go until you bless me too, which is, that was another one thing where, you know, here I was in this really hard decade of a season on so many levels. And I remember going, okay, Lord, don't let me out of the wrestling match until I've received what Mm -hmm. you want to give me. And I know that different scholars received the reason that I went into it in the first place. Exactly. I know that, you know, was it a selfish thing that he, you know, I, but when I read this, it's that do not let me go until you bless me. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, don't let me out of this sooner Mm -hmm. than I want the blessing. And of course we know that the blessing is ultimately it is him. Yeah. Hey friends, Hannah here. I have a code just for you to save 15% on our She Reads Truth subscription box. The code is BOX15. We are on a mission to be women and men in the Word of God every day, and thankfully we have lots of ways to do that. You can join us daily in the app or on our website, but hands down, our favorite way to read together is through our She Reads Truth subscription box. By signing up for our monthly delivery service, you are not only saving time and money, but you are actively agreeing with what God says. His Word is for you. We believe so wholeheartedly in the mission that we're giving you 15% off your first box when you use the code BOX15. So head on over to shopshereadstruth.com to order. And Kelly, I love what you said. You pointed out it was a decade of a dark season. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, I had this really hard night and, you know, I wrestled with the Lord. And that happens. That's mm-hmm. that's also true. But sometimes there are whole seasons, whole decades that we do not know what the Lord is doing. We can't see it. Uh We can't understand it. And what do we do? We pursue and we lean in Mm -hmm. and we say, Lord, Mm -hmm. don't let me go Mm -hmm. out of this Mm -hmm. until I've received the reason that I went into it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. And there are some longings I think that I have that maybe I will have my whole life, yeah. you know, more than a decade that maybe will be not lifelong, lifelong, but at the same time, opening my eyes to the Lord's kindness and seeing the provision that he does give. And I think that's mm-hmm. that I might be getting ahead of myself into Joseph's story, but it's hard not to. Yes, well, it is. I was just I thinking like, you know, because in this week of reading that we're in, it ends with Joseph being sold into slavery. Mm. And so talk about not knowing <laughs> what the Lord is doing, you know, and just, can you even imagine what, um, what he must have been feeling? And like, so in a situation like that, how do we do 
the looking for the hand of the Lord, Mm -hmm. you know, when it's, when we're really in it. Right. Well, I think you have to go backward and forward. And I think for him, again, you, for Joseph in that situation, and I don't know that he could have, I don't know that, can you even have this kind of a mindset after you've been thrown in a pit and, you know, you've been sold, but could he have gone back to Genesis 12? That this promise was going to happen, that God was absolutely going to bless all the nations of the earth, that there was going to be this blessing that was coming. And they had to know that Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, that they were all a part of that. And Joseph was from that. What gets really... he didn't know through whom. I mean, Jacob had 12 sons. True. Well, that's true. But I think you could still see, but then those 12 tribes though, yeah, Yeah. the Messiah is only coming through one, Mm -hmm. but there's still this kind of significance that God is going to bless the whole nation of Israel. Through Jacob. Yeah. yeah, So you're right. No, there's, there's a lot. I, I think though that the fact that there was a covenant God that they knew and how much did he understand or know that kind of mm-hmm. gets tricky. But what we do know too is that here he has the dreams that come to him mm-hmm. and how disheartening that he has these two incredible dreams and should he have shared those with his brothers? You know, maybe, maybe right. <laughs> hey, you guys are all going to bow down to me. Just wanted to hey, FYI. Right. Right. Listen to this fascinating <laughs> yeah. dream I have. By the way, should he have just kind of done a Mary and like pondered that in his heart? And maybe not shared that. I we're not sure, but done a Mary, done a you know just a, <laughs> maybe we should all do a Mary. Maybe every we should once just in a while. ponder that in our heart, <laughs> that promise, that that vision that God. But again, look at we see all the jealousy, and here we see Jacob really setting everybody up yet again. I mean, he had chosen Rachel, which caused a lot of jealousy. Granted, he was tricked into marrying Leah, so there was all of that too. Mm-hmm. But then now he's chosen another son and there's jealousy. So we see sort of some issues with Jacob where he's setting up the family for some brokenness. The segment ends at a precarious place because, okay, he's sold into right. to Egypt. What right. is perplexing to me about this is that what could Joseph possibly have thought other than God had totally forsaken and abandoned right. him? Because they were living in this land of promise at the time. Now, God had also told, I think it was Abraham, that his people would go into slavery for 400 years. But again, Joseph doesn't know that he's the one to kick that off. But When does this 400 years start? Yes, exactly. Right. And where, so there's a lot there that I don't know if he was yeah. aware of that or not. But how could he have thought anything different? then God has lost control of my story. I am forsaken. I am abandoned. How could he have thought anything different than those dreams must have just been, I must have just been, you know, whatever. And how tempted are every one of us to say those words, God has lost control of my story. Yes. Yeah. Or how afraid are we that those might be true? Because Mm -hmm. we have such a hard time. I, I can speak for myself. I have such a hard time sometimes thinking like, if because if you haven't lost control, then you're governing even this, and that goes both ways. Like that's a comfort, but it's also mm-hmm. a wow. Like so, so you could prevent this, mm-hmm. and you're not, and you're not, or you could change this outcome, and you're not. Mm-hmm. That's hard. Mm-hmm. That's really hard. Mm-hmm. And it's God's sovereignty, which is mysterious, I think, in a lot of ways, and we can so try many. to package it in mm-hmm. certain different ways, but I think we see it played out, and yet we don't fully understand. I mean, the closest we're going to get is at the very, very end of Genesis, you know, chapter 50, where Joseph essentially says, what you plan for evil, 
God meant for right. good. God meant and, for good. And so there's a somehow, but they still did evil. Right. They still planned it. And or when it, it when he says you you sent me, but God sent me. Mm-hmm. Well, who sent him? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. It's somehow both. So there's this there's a tension here. There's so much. I mean, tension has been one of our keywords. I feel like as we've had okay. discussions over the last several weeks, even of just, I feel like you have to, it's almost if you, you know, you have a lens where with scripture, I feel like the calling is to, you have to like, you know, zoom out and see what the Lord is doing. So uh-huh. when you're in that and you're like, okay, God is sovereign. This is really hard. Those things are both true. But then you have to back up and go like, but I know who he is. Mm -hmm. I know what he's promised to do and what he has been faithful to do and is still being faithful to do. But then you have to zoom in on the details, you know, and it's just like a constant kind of back and forth. Like I feel like a relationship with scripture has to be both. Yes. You know, you have to be close enough to be comforted by the details of Leah and Rachel's story. Uh-huh. And then you have to zoom out enough to, to remember the redemption story. Right. And so when we, I mean, I know we, spoiler alert, fast forwarded to Genesis chapter 50 to talk about, you know, yeah, Joseph's... Was I, not, I was I not supposed to give that away? No, listen. <laughs> spoiler. It's there. It's in the canon. But... It's like if if a movie's been out for a couple years, you (laughs) sort of like thousands of years, right? So I think we're good. I think we're spoiler alert. Bruce Willis was a dead people, (laughs) (laughs) but in Genesis fifty, we get Joseph's statement of faith in his beautiful reflection on the Lord's governance. Yes, Um, but so in that day is the Shiri's Truth community. So guys, you haven't gotten here yet, but I think that is going to be day thirty three for y'all. Some of the supplemental reading in that day, one of them is Isaiah chapter 55, Mm -hmm. and it's uh, from verses eight and nine. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts and your ways are not my ways. This is the Lord's declaration for as heaven is higher than earth. So my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts, which is so beautiful. And as Mm -hmm. believers, it is comforting, but it is also not something that we're always able to trust. And right. I want to I want to explain what I mean by that. We can always trust that. Mm-hmm. God's word is always trustworthy. It is always true and there is no shaking that. Right. But we are a forgetful people and we're a limited people. When we talk mm-hmm. about God as the infinite and we are the finite. We yes. are limited. And so when we as the finite here, you know, God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We can hear that. We can say, I believe this is true. And also, can I live like this is true? Right. Can I walk today? Can I, can I read scripture like it is true? Can I walk, close my Bible and walk into my day like what I just read is true, even when it doesn't feel true, even when I don't understand it, even when I can't see my way out of this decade-long darkness that doesn't make sense to me, even when I'm wrestling with the Lord in the middle of the night, can I find peace and comfort in simply knowing that God said to us in Isaiah 55, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. Yes. And the picture that we get of that in this chunk, because you guys, you know, the we're, we're going through chapter 38. You get this picture because isn't it interesting that Joseph really gets introduced in chapter 37. Mm-hmm. All this horrible stuff happens to him. He's being trafficked out of Canaan, the land of promise to Egypt, this godless land. And then all of a sudden the author jumps to 38 and you've got a whole chapter of Judah and Tamar right in the middle of 
Joseph's story. And then, then the narrator is, the author is very clearly wants to show you both of these men side by side. And we see Joseph leaves not under his own volition. Judah pieces out under mm-hmm. his own will. Right. So it appears that, oh, well, Judah's, Judah's got the freedom. Judah's in charge. He's in control. He's in control. Joseph's not. Totally out of control. Totally out of control. If you're just going to look at 37 and 38 face value, you're thinking, okay, I don't don't think even though uh, Judah's story gets way crazy, you think, well, at least he's in control, Mm -hmm. right? His future looks a little more hopeful. A little bit more hopeful, a little bit, yeah. As as deplorable as as he was. But then, and we'll see in next segment's reading what ends up happening, but God is with Joseph. And yeah. even though he's in this really confusing, difficult, dark place, he's in the far better place than Judah is in under his own control and volition. Because the Lord is with Because them. the Lord is with Joseph. And I think that is really a significant piece. And yet we're going to see in God's sovereignty, and this just kind of blows your mind too, that God uses this crazy chapter 38 right. of Judah and Tamar and still... Jesus comes through that, that, that line, mm-hmm, even yep. through prostitution and all kinds of deception. Mm-hmm. And so God's, he brings the redeemer through the line stories. of sin. Yeah. And brings redemption in both stories. Yes. And I mean, just what a face value redemption of, you know, for the line of the Messiah to come through. Yes. Okay. So before we wrap this segment, cause we're coming back next week, Kelly. And, oh, yeah. And we're, we're, we're tackling the whole Joseph story, which I'm excited about. But I don't want to skip past chapters 32 and 33. And that is sort of the moment that Jacob and Esau, let's go back to them for just a minute. Yes. Because Jacob's story is a lot about Rachel and Leah. It's a lot about his sons. But the relationship that he has with his brother, mm-hmm. Esau, is outstanding to me. And I think that, so when we did... Um, last Outstanding in, in many ways. It's, like, yeah. It, like as in, in, in negative and positive way. Exactly. You know? Outstanding can mean all of those things. <laughs> Just clarifying. Yeah, no, it really is. Astounding. Astounding. Outstanding and astounding. Yes, yeah. totally. So last summer we did, you know, a, a study on women and men in the Old Testament. And so we studied Jacob and we studied Esau. Mm-hmm. And then for Kids Read Truth, we did these people in the Bible, Old Testament, flashcards. Yes. So you get to like kind of do these little character studies, read about them in scripture. And one card, we, I mean, cause there's, we had a limited number of cards. So we, we squeezed Jacob and Esau <laughs> onto one card. And the initial plan was for that illustration to be, you know, one of the classic, probably like stealing the, the bowl of, or like the bowl of soup. The or deception. Something. Yes. Uh-huh. One of those. And we changed our mind at the last minute. We already have that illustration. It exists, but it was never published. Okay. The illustration we switched to was the reconciliation between oh, Jacob wow. and Esau. Mm. We did that for a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons it felt really important, even as children. So this is for kids read truth for them to see grown men reconciling yes. and yes. coming together humbly, admitting where they were wrong, embracing one another because the Lord is the redeemer and in the business of reconciliation. Yes. And I think, and I'm trying to find it. So I hope this is correct, but I think that when, when Jacob sees Esau and there's some sort of reconciliation, I think he says, I've seen, oh yes. Verse 10, uh, no, Jacob said, no, please, if I found favor with you, take this gift from me, for indeed I have seen your face, and it is like seeing God's face since you accepted me. And 
how cool is that, that it's almost like that picture when there is redemption like that and there's reconciliation, it is as though we see the face of God because this was the defining moment for him in so many ways because he thought this is it. And what ends up happening, you know, he wrestles with the Lord. We already talked a little bit about that, but he's terrified to meet Esau because he knows Esau represents, I think for Jacob, his sin. His deception. Yeah, this absolutely. was Jacob's identity in so many ways. His this name. Is what I mean, he, he did. was a stinker. Yes. And so he, it's so cool. I also love chapter 32, verse 10, where he says, indeed, I've crossed over the Jordan with my staff, and now I have become two camps. And the reason I love that is because here he flees mm-hmm. because of the deception. Mm-hmm. And he's leaving to return to the land of promise. And he goes back to that Jordan. And he goes, wow, all those years ago, I was a man on the run full of my own consequences. And I came over here with just one single staff. That's all I had. Yeah. And it's totally, you get that this is totally by the grace of God that he mm-hmm. is returning massive. Massively. And he's got wives and children and cattle and he's rich. And yet at the same time, he knows, oh, but this is nothing. This is worth nothing to me really until, unless the Lord has mercy on me. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah. This is going to get me nowhere unless the Lord has mercy on me when I meet my brother who I sinned against. Mm-hmm. And when Esau is gracious to him, he's like, seeing this grace, if I can so paraphrase, is like seeing the face of God. Yeah. And what an amazing, you know, picture of of reconciliation and redemption. And I love that you guys ended up using that illustration because that really highlights what God does here. Instead of highlighting the sin, highlighting the grace, the redemption. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And even Kelly, you were reading from chapter 33, verse 10. And you were saying, you know, that like see, this grace is like seeing the face of God. But then verse 11, Jacob says, Jacob, who stole the blessing from Esau, says to Esau, please accept my blessing that is brought to you because God has dealt graciously with me mm-hmm. and because I have enough. I have everything I need. Yes. I have everything I need. Yeah. He named, he named his sin in saying that. He, yes. he named, he said, please accept my blessing knowing I've stolen yours. Yes. Then that's so cool. And he says, God has been gracious. Because God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's all he had. And I think that at the end of the day, even as much as we have our quote unquote blessings, and they are, but all those blessings that he's returning with, that he's crossing over, still at some point, they cannot touch what he really needed, which was the grace of God. And it's, yeah, I'm so glad you went back to this passage because... It is so cool and so powerful. And at this point, too, God has changed his name. Yeah. Which so much has changed. Yes, yeah. from deceiver and to Israel. And yeah. like, why? You're, and you're kind of like, Lord, why Jacob? Why? Well, I've got some other more, like... Some better candidates. Yes, better, yes exactly. <laughs> yes, better candidates. Yes, that makes sense. And yeah, isn't that just how it is in the scripture that the Lord is gracious even when we don't deserve it? Yes. And let's end on that. I Man, I hate to be the, the time bully. It's okay. We Guys, get to do listen. this again next week. But here's the thing. We're, we're coming back next week, and we're going to talk Joseph almost exclusively. He's our guy. I can't wait. And especially with Kelly, I'm really excited to talk about Joseph with you. But before we go, one of the things that we like to do um, at She Reads Truth, we love to not just read the Bible and find the beauty, goodness, and truth found there, but we like to look around at our lives and find the beauty, goodness, and truth in our own lives. So Amanda or Kelly, this is your moment. Name it. What is some beauty, goodness, or truth that you are finding in your life right now? I got it. No, I'm, I'm on it only because... I was giving Kelly an out. I was giving her a chance to... But you had <laughs> seeded something for me earlier and you didn't even realize it, but we were talking about the husband and the children and I, I was thinking, okay, no husband, no children, but 
my brother and his wife, and by the way, they're big She Reads Truth fans, which Aww, is really fun. And so they live, that. well, they moved here five years ago, just three miles down the road from me, which was just totally amazing that the wow. Lord opened up this amazing house for them. And they've got three little ones. And so that is the beauty, goodness, truth, all of that for me, because it is such God's provision in my life that I've got these little ones that come over and we can do holidays and spend the night in the park. And then, and then when they trash my house and all that, I just send them back home. So there's a really a lot of, a, a, a lot of beauty in that. That's but, pretty beautiful. Uh, but that's a, that's a blessing for me. It's different than what I would have thought, but I have a unique role and I would have never thought out of the entire United States that God would have dropped them three miles down the road for me after I had already been here for so many years. That's so, so pretty good. Cool. I love that. So mine is a little bit similar. It's um, sometimes we say things like handkerchiefs, but um, but this <laughs> one is very similar. Wait to, to clarify, kerchiefs, neck, kerchiefs, neckerchiefs, neckerchiefs. Not something you blow your nose in. You could though, sure. if you wanted. I okay. <laughs> so I feel like recently. I have been reminded, graciously reminded by the Lord of the connections that we have to old friends. Like even mm. we were talking earlier before we started rolling about our mutual friend, Bethany. Oh, and, yeah. and I mean, they've been in our lives for a long time. And so there've been a lot of, there's been a lot of that kind of returning and just of old friends. And I think that David and I, my husband and I have really needed that because this past year has been pretty isolating in a lot yes. of ways. And so it's been really sweet the way that old friendships have circled back around and, and, you know, they never went anywhere, but actually being able to physically like look old friends in the eye that we haven't seen in a long time. And there's yes. something so comforting about Anchoring. that. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of, um, there's a book that our hospital friends gave Toby when we left and I think it's called the invisible thread. We'll put it in the notes, but it's about how like people who love each other are connected by invisible string or thread, no matter where they are, even if they're in heaven, even if they're, you know, and it's, and so it's really, it was really sweet, but that's what this reminds me of, of like, you know, sometimes those threads stretch like across the country or whatever, but sometimes yes. they get to come closer and like, I feel mm. like he's like tug on that thread and bring them back to Nashville. That's really my goal in all things to get just to bring to, everybody back. To well, Nashville. I think pretty much everybody has moved to Nashville. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yes. When I get when I'm in my car, trying they're to go the somewhere, they're on yes. the interstate. Uh, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. They're all on I-65. It's always them though. It's never me. I'm never an extra car on the road. No. Everybody else is the extra no. car. You yes. Know? But yeah, okay, Rachel, city. I need you to give us something that's oh, a little yeah. more practical here. Okay, so I got a curling wand. There it is. I knew you'd come through for us. Oh, I won so... it at the Sheree's Truth Christmas party. And I will admit, so that was a Friday night. By Saturday morning, I had a second degree burn on my hand. I was going to say, we can have the tools, but can you use the tool? Because we were talking about this earlier. Well, I was curling my hair and looking down at the counter at the packaging, trying to figure it out, and noticed that there was like a glove to put on. And I was thinking like, why would I wear a glove to use this curling wand? <laughs> because you and, are and then burnt my hand. hospital. Yeah. Right. So I, um, yeah, uh, but I have a curling wand. It's going great. Other than the, the second degree burn. I'm so delighted. Not because you hurt yourself, but the way you told the story <laughs> was just excellent. What is that? What is that glove for? Uh, what's oh. that glove for? It's all about being able to use the tool. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing, yeah. you know, but I tell how I feel about most things in my kitchen. I'm, I, you know, of a certain age now where I have things in my kitchen that are useful and You're I've accumulated, up. that's right, I've accumulated a nice collection 
of Cook's Tools. Okay. Can I use Can them all? Can you use them? No. Which is why I'm very excited about your cookbook. When you described it, you're like, it's for people who maybe don't know or think that they can cook. I'm like, oh, that's just accessible. That's accessible. That's, accessible. that's, that's perfect. So okay. So Amanda mentioned the show notes briefly. Guys, I want you to go to the show notes today. That's shereadstruth.com slash podcast. There's nothing to forget here. It's so simple. So simple. Yes. Very listen, straightforward. Here's something. So yes, there will be all sorts of, we'll list all the scripture that we talked about today, all the extra references. The curling wand. I'll link you to that it's curling important. wand and a heat glove. Um, but also I want to throw in there, we're going to give you guys a link that you can download. So in the Genesis study book, we have an extra called Jacob's 12 sons. And so our team laid out the birth order of the 12 sons of Jacob. And, you know, you heard Kelly mentioning the blessing or the meaning of the name of each of the sons. It was fascinating to lay those out on like a two page spread and see the blessing, see who was the mother of each of them, because there were four mothers. Yes, we, we didn't even get to talk about the maids. We didn't even talk about yes. the maids. And it was interesting, honestly, I'm going to be honest, not until we laid that out, like using scripture, fully mapped out what Which scripture told us. beautiful in the book, by the way, and it's so clear. Oh, thank you. Well, they'll really, get to see it. Yes, which is awesome. But I didn't, I genuinely didn't notice that Joseph and Benjamin were the last two to be born. Yes. Joseph was not in the mix. Joseph was the last born and then Benjamin. Mm -hmm. So Rachel's two sons came at the very, very, very end. Anyway, I'm telling you this because I want you guys to see this. So go to shereadsruth.com slash podcast and download that extra. We want you guys to get to see that. That's all for now. Come back next week. We are going to unpack the remaining chapters of Genesis. So that's chapters 39 through 50. You can read with the community on the app, on the site, in the books, and with us here on the podcast. Y'all have a fantastic week. And until then, Amanda, what do we say? Keep opening your Bibles.